Bienvenidos, I'm your host Lore, and this is Creepy Chisme. Warning, some stories and information on Creepy Chisme may be triggering and are not suitable for all, especially young children. Please listen with caution. Thank you. Hola mi gente, welcome back to the place for all things creepy. Welcome to Creepy Chisme. I want to stick with my Halloween theme this month. For Freaky Friday, I'm going to share a spooky story. Now stay tuned after this story because I have some interesting Halloween facts I did not forget. This story that I have for you is by S. E. Skulser, and it's excerpted from Spooky Texas. The story is known as The Lady in the Veil. And we all know I'm afraid of ladies in veils. I'm afraid of brides. I'm afraid of marriage. So this is spooky for me. <laughs> so enjoy. <laughs> he had not expected to meet the woman of his dreams, but there she was, strolling along in the moonlight beside the cemetery. Carlos quickened his pace until he was level with her, hoping for a glimpse of her face under her veil. Carlos made a few remarks about the beautiful night and the lovely weather, anything to keep her talking. She stopped abruptly and turned to face him. He caught a glimpse of dark eyes glinting behind the veil. What is it that you want? she asked. A date, senorita, just a date. Carlos beamed at her. She paused and said, I do not know. Ask me again in this place, at this time, tomorrow night, and we shall see. Carlos's heart leaped into his chest, so she was playing hard to get. Well, fair enough. He would see her tomorrow, and then she would fall into his arms. The next day dragged by for the infatuated Carlos, and he had trouble concentrating on his work. But at last he was free and running the few blocks to his home to change into a suitable outfit. He could barely contain himself, and he reached the cemetery a few minutes early. She was not there yet, so Carlos entertained himself by picturing his beautiful bride in their new home. Suddenly she was there in front of him. The moonlight sparkled off her veil. Carlos was enchanted. They talked for hours, standing in front of the graveyard. She was as witty as she was beautiful, and Carlos begged her for a date. We will go out tomorrow night, she said. I will send you a letter with a place and time. Carlos kissed her hand and floated away, so happy he wanted to sing for joy. Carlos was absolutely useless at work the next day. After work, he rushed home and found a letter in his mailbox. Eagerly he read it, not pausing to wonder how she knew where he lived. Then he ran next door to show it to Diego, his closest cousin. Diego went pale when he read her signature. Rosa Gonzalez. This must be the same Rosa that died in a car crash last year. Diego tried to warn Carlos, but Carlos was already in love. 
That night, as Carlos hurried to the cemetery, Diego followed, certain that his cousin was in over his head. Carlos bounded over to Rosa. At last we go out, he cried to her. But first, mi amor, show me your face. At his words, Rosa pulled aside the veil. Back at the gate, Diego gave a gasp of shock, for she had the desiccated face of a skeleton. He was frozen to the spot by the power of the evil specter, unable to warn Carlos. Looking down, Carlos only saw the glamour the ghost was projecting. As the skeleton's withered arms trapped him, the veil on his eyes was lifted and he realized in one heart-stopping moment the abomination he was kissing. The ground opened up and with a laugh of triumph, the specter pulled him down and down into her tomb. The earth closed over Carlos and Rosa. Diego, freed from the ghost spell, ran into the cemetery, shouting his cousin's name in terror. Carlos! Carlos! But it was too late. Carlos was dead, locked for all time in Rosa's arms. That story gives me chills. <laughs> I absolutely hate any type of bride or veil, woman, creature, yeah, that's scary. <laughs> so I had the question the other day of where did monsters originate from? And I'm talking about your classic monsters. So I started looking it up and the one I found most interesting, and I think I mentioned this before, either on a way in the beginning when I first started or even before that on my Snapchat when I would do um, Freaky Fridays. So people think that vampires originated from Slavic lore. Just like zombies, vampires' lives begin when they rise from the dead. Or most of these creatures start by rising from the dead, which if you think about, not your worst fear, but like, it's something you think about. Like, oh, I, if I die, I hope I don't come back to life. Like, why do you think we embalm people? Because it used to happen. They used to misdiagnose someone's death. Do you remember the story where they would put the bell on their toe or their finger and if it would ring, they would dig out their ancestor like really fast? Yeah, that was true because it really happened. Now, popular stories say that if bitten by a vampire, you also turn into one. But that's actually a newer addition to the lore of the vampire. Now, in the 18th century, children born with abnormalities like having teeth, which... That can happen, y'all. My mother was born with some teeth. <laughs> uh, they believed that they were destined to rise from the dead as vampires. Ooh, so my mom might be a vampire. But since the modern vampire myth was created during the 18th century, it's evolved many ways. And, and that has a lot to do with movies and Hollywood. They've changed it up. Now, some vampires are killed by sunlight and some can be out glittering in the sun, you know? Some don't cast reflections in the mirror, and some are vain and love looking at themselves in the mirror. But one thing is for sure, and that is that vampires love to suck blood. Now, around the time of tuberculosis, a lot of people assumed that if one died from tuberculosis, they would come back from the dead and try to suck the blood of their relatives in the home. Now, if that ain't terrifying, I don't know what is. <laughs> But yes, they they believe that around that time, they believe that around that time that a lot of people truly feared that their uh, relatives or loved ones that had passed from tuberculosis 
would come back and try to suck their blood. Now, werewolves. I love the story of werewolves. It's very intriguing, but it's one that I find too hard to believe. Now, no one knows for sure when exactly the beginning of the werewolf myth happened, but we can pin it back to Nordic people and Greek traditions, where people actually turned into wolves. Werewolves are usually feral beasts that transform under a full moon. Now, in the Nordic saga of the Valsungs, a father and son wear pelts that give them the power to transform into wolves. Once they're transformed, they can't contain their bloodlust and attack everything living in the forest. But once they run out of food, the father turns on his son and wounds him. Now in the 16th and 17th centuries, Frenchman Pierre Brigotte and Michael Verdon swore allegiance to the devil and they claimed that they had an ointment that would turn them into wolves. Now they did kill several children and were burned alive at the stake for it because that was believed to be the only way to kill a werewolf which Hollywood turned into the silver bullet, right? Now, the idea that humans can only turn into werewolves on a full moon night actually has some truth and fact to it. I'm not saying that people turn into werewolves on a full moon, but I am saying that an Australian hospital did a study from 2008 to 2009 that showed that 91% of violent crimes were committed under a full moon. And let me tell you something, when there is a full moon, the kids at school, and I don't know if it's just my school or every school, they are off the walls. Like you just know, you just know that it's gonna be a full moon. I always say that at least once every month. And I'm just like, hey, is there a full moon tonight? And most of the times, guess what? There is. So I don't know, the moon makes us kooky, you know? Now, zombies, I believe in zombies, and here's why. Because a tribe in Africa actually has zombies. People who have died and come back. Honestly, I think they're brain dead. But without that expertise or knowledge of knowing that, they just assume that they're zombies. Yes. But zombies' origins are much easier to track, and their story is pretty tragic. In the 17th century, Haiti... The French brought slaves from Africa to work on sugar plantations. Now, like everywhere, slave treatment was horrible and many died within the first few years. Now, the slaves believed that death would return them to Africa where their spirits can truly be free. If they committed suicide, however, their souls would be trapped in Haiti where they would rise from the dead as the flesh-eating monsters known as zombies. Now, after the Haitian Revolution of 1804, the stories changed. Witch doctors were believed to create zombies as slaves for free labor. In 1932, the release of the movie White Zombie brought the undead character into American culture. The release of Dawn of the Dead four decades later made them into the mainstream characters we know today and also led for many, many zombie movies. I love zombie movies personally, Love it. I think one of my favorite of all time, of course, Dawn of the Dead, true classic, but newer. I really like, and don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at me, okay? <laughs> I'm not a movie critic. I really liked World War Z, and not just because Brad Pitt is 
the most gorgeous man on the planet. But I just really liked it because zombie movies where the zombies have like no control over what they're doing and they just go and are super quick, that's scary. Because I would die. Yeah. If zombies are fast, I will die. <laughs> All right. And then my favorite, Brujas. So they have appeared in various forms throughout history from evil, evil witches, to white witches, you know, good witches. Um, mostly known as a wart-nosed woman huddling over a cauldron of boiling liquid to hag-faced cackling, cackling beings riding through the sky on brooms wearing pointy hats. But the real history of witches is dark and dates back to as far as we know 900 BC. Now, early witches were people who practiced witchcraft, the using spells, calling upon spirits for help, most witches were thought to be pagans doing the devil's work, but most of them were just natural healers or what you would call wise women. Like I've told you before, my grandma, she does a lot of natural healing. And to me, that is brujeria, it's, but it's good brujeria. And then, like I said, with good comes evil. So there are those that practice evil. One of the earliest records of a witch is actually in the Bible, in the book of 1 Samuel, thought to be written between 931 BC and 721 BC. And it tells the story of when King Saul sought the witch of Endor to summon the dead prophet Samuel's spirit to help him defeat the Philistine army. The witch roused Samuel, who then prophesied the death of Saul and his sons. And the next day, according to the Bible, Saul's sons died in battle and Saul committed suicide. I'm telling you, I always tell my mother, the Bible has amazing stories, great stories, but they're all myths. They truly are. <laughs> they just teach us a lesson. Every story teaches you a lesson. But witch hysteria really took hold in Europe in the mid-1400s. When many accused witches confessed, mostly under torture, mm -hmm, to a variety of very wicked behaviors. Then that's where we start the witch hunts and all the things where they were like, oh, if you have a birthmark on your back, you're a witch. If you have a, you know, a scar on your arm, you're a witch. Yeah. <laughs> and who was in charge of that shit? Men. Yep. So they would burn them at the stake or hang them. Mostly single women, widows, and other women on the margins of society were the biggest targets. So me, I'd be screwed. Now between the years of 1500 and 1660, up to 80,000 suspected witches were actually put to death in Europe. 80% of them were women thought to be in cahoots with el diablo. However, Germany had the highest witchcraft execution rate while Ireland had the lowest. I also read, and I couldn't find it again, I, uh, there's a lot more on witches. I could do a whole episode on witches. I, I love that kind of stuff. But mostly the mistreatment of them is what it comes down to. Um, however, I was reading this thing the other day that said that, do you know where the idea of witches on brooms came from? And it goes back to the pagans having ceremonies where they would dance either like on a rake or some type of stick around a fire under a full moon um, as part of some type of ritual for something. 
And so they think from that came witches flying on a broomstick, right? <laughs> so that's that was interesting. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to leave me a five-star rating on Apple Podcast. Share this episode with a friend or somebody who you know likes spooky stories and monster information. I have lots more for you coming. We're almost to Halloween. Don't forget to find me on social media. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook groups. I'm all over, y'all. Have a good weekend, and I'll see you next Wednesday for a new episode of Creepy Chisme and more spooky stories. Gracias por escuchar y nos vemos pronto. Creepy Chisme is created for entertainment purposes only. Thank you for listening, and don't forget, stay creepy!